Welcome to How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. This show was produced by E-Presence and I am Mark Galvin, the founder and CEO of that firm. We are coming to you live from the Subaru of a Gwinnett studio inside the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. How's Your E-Presence is a show designed to help business people and companies do social media a little better. Because it is so important today. There are so many opportunities to get your message out there. And social media is, quite frankly, it's an obvious choice. It's something that you should be looking at each and every day. And if you're not using it now, how can you do it better? Well, that's what we talk about here. Maybe we give you a couple of first steps. Maybe we give you something that you just haven't thought of ever uh, and a way that you can just simply do your social media for you and the organization better. At our company, ePresence, we manage social media for the individual. Why? Because that's where business is done. Business is done between two people that connect on LinkedIn and want to establish a relationship. And once you've connected to somebody on LinkedIn, what if you don't have time to maintain that relationship? Well, give us a call. That's something that we do at ePresence. We help activate or get the single user online and active online. Also, uh, this show is, uh, we, we'd love to get questions in. If you would like to send us a question during the show or even later, you can find me anywhere on social media with my individual one handle, and it's simply ePresence, M for Mark, G for Galvin, ePresence, MG, and that's true everywhere. I don't care where that is. That's on LinkedIn. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. You can find me everywhere using that one handle. And don't forget, we do have a website, ePresence.me, and you can send us a message there. And if it's a great message or a great question, we'll bring it up here on the show. So each month, what we do is we like to bring in a guest. And, and a lot of you know this. We bring in a guest to talk about social media and someone who knows social media a little better, or actually the goal is a lot better than me. And this month, I have uh, I, I found a, a diamond in the rough. Uh, we have Eric Welch with us today. Eric, welcome. Thank you, Mark. Pleasure to be here. I'm glad you're here. I tell you what, Eric and I have, uh, we've been talking a lot over the last two, three months. Uh, and the reason is, is that he is, uh, he's someone that knows a lot about social media, folks. This is a guy who spent a little bit of time with uh, Fox Sports South, running social media for them. You were in the media world for some 20 years and most recently with Fox Sports. So what did you do? Uh, when I was at Fox Sports South, I was the senior manager of communications and um, social media for them. So I was a part of the marketing group there, and I oversaw all the traditional PR efforts, you know, press releases and booking interviews, et cetera, as well as overseeing their whole social media strategy and um, uh, efforts across the board there. Just amazing. All right, so this is not an easy task, I'm guessing. If you have a baseball game that's running, you've got – you got to have your fingers on all these different social media platforms because your audience is everywhere, I'm guessing. How do you do that? Well, we had, um, just to step back a little bit to give you a bigger view of what Fox Sports South encompasses, we had uh, three NBA teams, uh, the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Hornets, two NHL teams, the Predators and Hurricanes, ACC Sports, Atlanta United, the Braves, and year-round there was no off-season so we had a team of uh, freelancers plus uh, full-time employees who would cover every single game that was on our air for social media wow and, and we used uh, a platform called snappy tv where we would stream the game to our computers and we could grab 
uh, uh, video clips or create GIFs or screen grabs or whatever we needed to do and get that posted almost real time, at least within a minute of whatever the live action was. So Snappy TV is a is an app probably, I'm guessing, or a program that is most conducive to TV broadcasters. Is it, you know, Correct. Your average person probably wouldn't use Snappy TV because it doesn't, unless they're doing a lot of video. Right. Guess, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for live broadcast. So the struggle is, is you know, here we are. Uh, um, Freeman gets up to bat and hits a home run. So instantaneously, he's hit that home run. Your team has a way of grabbing that video and pushing it out to social media in, in a quick format. Is that what kind of Snappy TV would do? Yes, that's exactly what they would do. Operationally, that's just not that easy. So I guess the software did that, made it a little more seamless. Because got, you got to clip it. you got to say, okay, start from here, go from here. Because exactly. you could have whoever the announcer is, they're – you know they're talking mid breath, but you don't want that. You got to figure out where it. Yep. Right was the the perfect pause. There it is. Clip, clip at the end of the. You know he's coming around. High fives. Blah blah blah. And that in real time, that's hard to do. That makes it easier. And you had to have a team that's able to push it to multiple formats. Yeah, and everything was tied to the Snappy TV program, so that when, uh, for example, Freeman hits a home run, we could we had to find a clean in, a clean out, get the video grab you know the, whatever we wanted to do with it and then get it posted on whatever platform so it was all we could if we wanted to post to twitter instagram facebook all at the same time instantly with the same caption and everything as i'm sure nice. we we'll get into you can't really do that blanket uh posting anymore well, you, well, you can but it's not yeah. as effective right yeah. so we would Again, it's just doing it as quickly as you can. Twitter was always the priority because that's more real time. The other stuff you can sit on a little bit to kind of be a little more careful with how you're crafting the message. Okay, I got a question for sure. you. You brought up Twitter. Most of my clients say, why would I want to be on Twitter? Why does a business person want to be on Twitter, in your opinion? To be uh, active on Twitter or just to be... Have a spot even, even have a, you know, a home, you know, have their own handle on Twitter. I think, I think the most important thing is to get news and information from whatever, I mean, every outlet in the media. So as a consumer, a, yes, you should be there. As a consumer to be aware of things. If you're a business owner or running a business uh, Twitter handle, it's to get direct conversation with your consumer or your client. Okay. So if I run, I'm, I work at Subaru of Gwinnett and I'm trying to sell Subarus, I as a salesperson, should I have a handle on there? Or the general manager? Or who should, if if one person or the other, or everyone, how should they look at Twitter? I think it's up to the, the, the company to figure out what works best, what system works best for them. Right. I think that it's possible. I you totally led you down the road here. <laughs> this is on purpose. Keep going. Okay. You're doing great. I think that, <laughs> I think that if you want each salesperson to have their own account, if that's what works, then that's fine. Right. But then is that going to be dedicated to selling cars or whatever the, the dealership provides? Right. Or is that their personal account? Because then you could start getting into trouble. There is an issue that I that I think is – it's easy to do the scatter shot. Okay, I'm going to get a seat everywhere. So I'll give you an example. One place that I'm not very good at is on Instagram. I Just personally, I have a hard time carving out the time to make that work. All right, so I've got a seat there. I I need to push content there, and if I choose to be there, I need to figure out a way how to do that. Now, why? Because I need to look at it as achieving a mission. And if there's a mission, uh, if if I have a mission of achieving whatever that may be for me for social media, I want to be 
the uh, seen as the expert on social media. I need to spread what is good about social media, how people can do it better, so on and so forth. Well, then I ought to be on Instagram and making that work well. So as a strategy, I need to look at, okay, what social media systems work well for me? Where's my audience? That's an important question, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the audience? And then let's reach them. It, it There is a strategy to it. And and I do have, and there's a, a few clients that I, that, I, that I work with that are somewhat public uh, figures. They are, um, well, let's put it this way. They are experts in their industries. And, and I encourage them, we need to go ahead and put everything that we put onto LinkedIn, or if you want Facebook, we have to push it to Twitter. And the reason is someone in their public or in their professional associations that they're a member of may pick up that post and may share it to, to boost their point, which helps grow their own brand. So you have to think about that. I mean, what are the other opportunities out there? So the GM of the Subaru of Gwinnett could have a Twitter account and could be driving content to it. And lo and behold, the AJC picks up one of his tweets and said his or hers, I think actually the GM may be a female. So her tweets and may and may post it and it could be very good for the brand. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think the number one reason I encourage folks to be on Twitter is that yeah, you can it's a great place to consume data. There's you get instant information. I've got a I've got a Twitter feed on my phone. And so on the way over here, I got, you know, it's popping up on my phone saying, "Did you know that this was happening? Did you know this was going on in the world?" And so I do like that, but there's also that opportunity to reach a wider audience including journalists. Mhm. Yes, that, that's exactly right. And that's when in my uh, previous lives at Turner Sports and at Fox, when we would encourage, um, or I shouldn't say encourage, at one point we did encourage yeah. our talent to be on, on Twitter. And then it got to the, you know, if someone doesn't want to do it, if they're not good it's at it. It's a commitment, it, right? Right. Sure. It is a commitment. Yeah. Then you don't need to be there if you don't need to be there. Right. One of the worst things that you can do is have a dormant account. Right. And and I and I this is something that I see frequently for organizations that have a company account on LinkedIn and they've never posted anything. So I do see more and more often people are using LinkedIn as a directory as a confirmation of business in, you know, someone isn't a going entity that they'll pop onto LinkedIn and they'll see it as a compliment to their uh, to their website. So if you have a company page and I encourage it, I encourage everybody to have a company page. Make sure you're putting content on it and you know how much content is is enough content. You have to answer that question as a business owner, right? right. What is what does your audience want to see? I would say bare minimum once a week. Post something once a week on your company page and that may be perfect. That may just be just enough or if you have if you want to really engage your audience more then look at twice three times a week and and come up with a strategy there's a few marketing people that i know out there that have said you know when they get the question uh should they should a client of theirs be on a certain social media format they dial it way back and i think this is smart way way back to say what is your marketing plan and so, and you should do that. What does that marketing plan look like? What do you want to achieve? What is the mission? You know, I would like to grow. So on the business side, on the, on the sales t- side, I'd like to grow sales this year by 20%. Okay, so here you want to grow up by 20%. What are those aspects that are going to do that? One of them is marketing. And how are you planning on marketing? And does that social media platform help you achieve that 20% increase in sales? And maybe it's a, maybe you say social media needs to grow 5% of that 20 but that's the, there is a 
a, a strategy. So should I be on Instagram? Well, is it going to help you achieve your 5% growth in sales or 10% growth of your overall 20% mission? So always think about those missions. It's always important. Now, there's something that's going on. And I typically, and, and folks that uh, have heard the show before, you know, I, I typically bring in the guests. I start talking about social media and I tell you, give you some updates. Well, this is a little different because Eric is a guy that understands a lot about social media. So we're not going to turn and just talk to Eric. We're going to, we're bantering back and forth because there's so much good info. And at the end of the show, I'm going to tell you something interesting about, uh, about what Eric is doing. So there is something on LinkedIn called targeted lead gen forms. And, and what this does, I'm going to give you the high level. We're going to drill into it a bit. If you would like to generate leads on LinkedIn, did you hear that? Generating leads on LinkedIn. I think I got everybody's attention. So if you would like to generate leads on LinkedIn, there is something you can use called targeted lead gen form or lead gen forms is what LinkedIn calls it. And and there are and you should look this up and let it let LinkedIn share with you what this will do. But basically the gist is this. It's a it is a paid system. It's a form of advertising. And the goal is it will generate leads for you. So you create an action. Uh, you know, an advertising piece, and then what is the uh, what is the actual action you want your clients to or your targets to take? Drive them to your website or get them to say yes, I'm interested. What LinkedIn is doing is you can do this through advertising through these lead gen forms, and they will help you populate the data that the potential target has. So. Eric, let's say you're, you, you see an advertisement of ePresence and you think, oh, that's interesting. I'd like somebody to manage my social media for me. When you pop in there, LinkedIn's going to populate your data for you. Now, by the way, it's for me, but it's for you, so you don't have to fill that out. And all you gotta do is say, basically, yes, I'm interested. Do I understand that correctly? Am I am I glossing over too much? No, no. I think, and I read the the article about this, and it was really interesting. Uh, the company that they use as their kind of their case study talked about, uh, especially with mobile users, they didn't they didn't want to fill out the whole form with even though they only I hate needed that. yeah. They, if I'm on my phone and a po- and a form pops up and right. you're asking me for my address and my I'm like I can't my thumbs yeah, can't do that yeah, fast. It's too much. But then also for online, it just if you click on it, it pops up the same window. You might need to enter your name or I don't know. There might be at least one thing you need to enter or maybe not a thing at all and it just fills out the rest automatically based on the information you already have in your profile. And what was interesting is this guy that was was interviewed for this said that he wanted to drive ten dollars of advertising of revenue back for every one dollar in spend. So for every one dollar they spend, they wanted ten dollars in revenue, and it worked. The first uh, in the first uh, sample they got up to six dollars, and in the second sample they were able to get, it was actually by quarter. So the first quarter they got $6 in the pipeline for every $1 spend. In the second quarter they got $11 for every $1 spend. So this is pretty impressive. This is a simple, this is, and, and the, here's why this is important. All of us are trying to figure out where do I wanna spend my money? A, I think you can even dial it back to this. Do I wanna spend money on social media, on advertising? Do I wanna throw money there? now? If I could tell you, yeah, if if I if you spent if you spent a hundred bucks and I could give you a thousand, would you be interested? I don't think that there's a business person out there that wouldn't say I'm in, 
right? So this is a this is a a way to do that to reach a larger audience, reach get, get more leads, and do it through LinkedIn. And this is so important for business to business folks out there. The that LinkedIn is certainly extremely effective for business people. Um, and you know, there's some B2C out there that would probably work well, but I encourage you, if you're if you're trying to reach, if you're in a B2C situation, you know, you already know, you need to be on Facebook and potentially Instagram, and potentially, depending on your demographic, maybe even Snapchat. Um, so interesting things going on there. Now, let's talk about more about Facebook. So you guys did a lot of work on Facebook. You probably didn't do as, at Fox Sports, you probably weren't working, we're not working on LinkedIn as much. Is that right? No, that's correct, yeah. So on Facebook, there are there's stories and a regular post. And you guys, did you do stories? Did you stay away from them? How did you guys work? Uh, at the time, we, we dabbled a little bit with Snapchat uh, with their version, um, initial version of the, the photos and videos that then kind of expire. Uh, and then Instagram stories popped up, which kind of took that model. So we did do that for stuff that was more time sensitive. I guess right. you would say posts that weren't as evergreen. Kind of like Twitter, right? You, you know, it's going to come and go quickly, right? right. That kind but of on Twitter, you don't, you don't want again. You don't want to clog up any of your feeds with content because that just turns into noise right. for the consumer. But with Twitter, it's a little easier to churn out more stuff versus Instagram or Facebook. You There's want a to, lot of noise on Twitter, exactly. Yeah. And on Facebook and, and on Instagram, you want to post the best of the best content, but. I got to tell you a story about Twitter, if I may. Sure. Why I love Twitter. Yeah. You can get anything. You can get any information on Twitter. Yesterday, I was driving through a local city, and I was heading to a luncheon, and I passed a bank, and there were five police cars and two fire trucks. And I went to a coffee shop around the corner, and I'm settled in, and I'm pulling up my laptop, and then there, there goes an ambulance escorted by two police cars, right? I went on to Twitter, and I found out what was going on. Because someone passed and said, there was something going on at the local bank, blah, blah, blah. That's what it's so good. It can get very granular. And, and I mm-hmm. think that that's that kind of, that information flow, real-time uh, info flow on Instagram is just amazing. That's why you can put a lot of data there, because that feed is moving so fast. Right. That data is just, it's like a waterfall. Right, exactly. Um, so back, I, I totally threw no, you off. No, no, no. no did I, are you, are you yeah, we I got gotcha. you. Stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, with Instagram stories or Facebook stories, I think posting that stuff is is good for things that might have some sort of expiration date. Got it. Um, if it's a big initiative um, that is going to last a while, you know, over the course of if you're having a, a contest or something for weeks, maybe not stories. Got it. Because then it can live on the on your page and it's there. If you're doing, you could a, even pin it to the top of your page. Exactly, you can yeah. pin it. So, um, but if it's something that's that's I don't know, six hours or in two hours, we're gonna give away free tickets to something. Yeah, you can put that on stories with whatever information. That also makes a little bit of a challenge for the contest. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, so there, there's lots of different ways you can you can play with that. Interesting, and the whole message, the whole method is to try to engage an audience, get them to to pay attention. You know, you're, so that you're not yelling in an empty room. That exactly. you're you're reaching a larger group. So now Facebook has a new, they're rolling out this um, a new stories template for businesses where you can advertise on Facebook and they have these great templates where you can use the stories to advertise your product. Now what's fascinating about advertising I think on social media is you, your ad has to be adaptable to a lot of formats. 
Um, so for those of you who have not advertised, this is this is important to note is that when you drop an ad, it needs to be able to look good on a phone. It needs to be good, look good on a computer. It needs to look good on a story on Instagram. And so you have to figure, you have to make sure that when you're formatting your ads that everybody can see it and see it well. So that's the, that, that's kind of a, a, a good tip to know. And, and Facebook is doing these ads that it's just really cool. They're allowing you to have options on these templates that you can just select from and you could probably sell a lot of product on these new ads. So look for that coming up in Facebook. Uh, so these Facebook templates, they're designed for the stories on businesses and they'll also go straight over to Instagram. And do keep that in mind, whenever you advertise on Facebook, you have a good shot of advertising and pushing that content right on over to uh, to Instagram. So, um, there's, a, there's an interesting thing that uh, I think is coming along, and that's uh, uh, virtual reality. And I, how is that, you know, I really think about this. I, I look forward to the day that I can get, I can put headphones on and, and some goggles, if you will, and I can go to a baseball game sitting in my living room. Now, I, can I do that now? Yeah, I think that technology is out there. I don't think it's as um, common, I yeah. guess is the right word. Um, I know the technology is there. I've, I, it's got to be enough users for Fox Sports, as an example, to do something like that. Right, right. And they have to make sure it's the right audience, the right sport, using sports again as an example, yeah. the right venue. I mean, there's a lot of, of – I think I have seen some VR experience things, and they're they're really cool. I right. I mean, it's, it's a novel thing, but I think that might be the biggest part of it right now is it's novel. I don't know yeah. – it's something that'd be cool to try to apply it, right? Right, exactly. How could it be applicable to to everyday life? Here's why I don't. Why the number one reason I don't like it is that if I were to do this, I just described it: headphones, and I've got the goggles on. I am no longer interacting with the people in the room. So if I'm going to sit down and watch a baseball game with my son, he and I love the Braves. So we sit down and we're watching the game, and I've got headphones on and goggles. I'm not interacting with him, and I'm not watching the game with him. I'm by myself that's the part that's that i don't like about it but the experience has still got to be probably so cool that it'd be worthwhile to have to be able to say okay let's pretend i'm sitting in a seat and i turn my head to the right and i can see the the right field line i turn left i get this left field line you know i'm watching what's going on third base but i want to see what's going on at the the you know, going on to first because right. the third baseman just caught a ball, yeah, and yeah. I look over to the first, and I can see, oh, he's off the bag. Right, that would be pretty cool. I and I think that there's a lot there, and they'll probably figure out, you know, have a microphone where I can talk to a person sitting beside me that's also watching the game. Right, quotes. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's it's a, a cool experience for people. I just don't know if over the course of a season, or I'm not even sure how would it apply to other television or movies. Right. Are you gonna? be in a movie i don't know if that's yeah i don't know i you know but, you know where's the center of attention that's the one thing i like about movies is they control what i see exactly. you know in that tight shot if there's you know when there's an actor on the screen and you get to see there's right. an emotional point yeah you, you don't want to miss something you, by right looking who knows right yeah i think the augmented reality i think mm -hmm. that that has more value and that's what you see a lot with in sports is you think of with hockey or with basketball seeing advertising on the court that's not there right they, 
and so I see this all the time. Well, there's, but especially in baseball. Yeah, baseball does I, it I too. I keep thinking about baseball because behind the batter, typically there's a green screen in some advert, and you can see it when you're at the game. Right. And the ads are rotating, and they're doing a better job. I that the one augmented reality I think is the most impressive that I've seen is when College Game Day does it, and they're panning down on one of their, you know, looks like a, a small football field, and they've got a uh, a graphic that's hanging from the right. from the what looks like right. it's hanging from the ceiling. There's no ceiling. That's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing when you see that. And then when you look at the graphics from the 80s and you see, you know, how the graphics oh, right. were stagnant. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. When I was at Turner, they did a lot of stuff for their studio shows for both the NBA on TNT and MLB on TBS for the studio shows where they would have these, uh, you know, with the jib camera swooping in. It's called a, a jib camera? Jib camera is the yeah. thing that makes it look like a, it's floating. Yeah. Through. I always thought it was a... Uh, a what are those things? The things that hover. Oh, the uh, drone. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're not having drones inside the, uh, no, the studio. No. That'd, that'd be but, kind of fun. Yeah, it would be. I'd fly it in a mic if yeah. I had one. <laughs> <laughs> Running right into it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the so it would look like the the graphic is there in the studio and the, and the announcers can play off of it, but then uh, not, obviously in reality it's not there at all. So they only they have to look at the monitor to see that it's exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. How does that play in the future? If I'm going to advertise in the future, do you think that um, there'll be more of that in other formats down the road where it'd be easier for somebody local to say, I'd like to buy one of those augmented reality commercials ads or something. Do you think that that's coming down where we'll be able to do that in the future and buy something local? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is. Be, I think it's, it's happening um, in some places at Fox. They did. And I don't remember the dealership or anything, but. In the studio, we only advertise Subaru of Gwinnett. Okay, by but the way. No, you can, let's say it was them. Okay, sure. <laughs> but they made it look like uh, they made it look like uh, a car was driving into the studio. Oh, oh, that's cool. Right, a Subaru. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But with, it, with mud flying off the tires. Exactly. Yeah, yeah very cool. But, that is really. But cool. I think the, the the technology with that is is endless in what they can do and what wow. they can't do. Yeah, the question is is how do you do it if it's a, can you do it in a cost effective way where you can get someone else some of the the folks who don't have a ton of money to to invest in that. Well, so we're looking at 326. So we we need to wrap up. I want to I want to share some interesting news with all of you guys out there. Um, so the reason Eric is joining us today is he is a he's officially a member of the ePresence team. So I'm very excited about this. He's um, the reason he's joining us is because we're going to expand our footprint. You've heard a little bit about it. What we didn't talk about, which I must uh, shame on me, is the analytics because you love analytics and understand that better than anyone that I've ever met. Um, and so quickly, what do analytics, what is that all about? I think the most important thing, because it's easy, you go on, on uh, Facebook Insights or Twitter Analytics or whatever, and you download the big spreadsheet, and it's just this wall of numbers. And yeah, it's it, it, overwhelming. It, yeah, it can be overwhelming. Sure. But if you know what you're looking for, and if you know what your goals are for your company, short-term, long-term, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, is it just to get more followers? Is it to get more engagement? Is it to get video views? Whatever your priority is, and you need to have that, then I can help uh, customize your overall plan in order to get those results. Personally, personally I think engagement is the most important right, it is. metric because yeah. – uh, I mean, you could get impressions um, by pe people just look at your stuff. They, that's an impression. You got 15 seconds. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But if you get engagement, that means they're doing something with it. They're sharing it. They're commenting on it. They're retweeting it. They're doing something with it. So something about that post has captured their attention and they've, they've reacted to it. That's impressive. So analytics are so important. Eric, I'm so thrilled that you're joining the ePresence team. We are um, we are going to work with a lot of companies and help them reach the analytical goals that they want to reach. So thank you for joining me today. And I have a feeling that you'll be back on the show a couple more times. We're going to really drill into the ways of how you, the user, can, can do a little better on social media constantly. So um, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, at Eric the Welch. Eric the Welch. I love that. Eric the Welch. So track him down there. You can also find him through ePresence and find us at ePresence.me. It's our website, ePresence.me. And we are, uh, you know, let's say this, the company side of ePresence is opening, open for business. Let's help you get your company out in front of more people. Um, so I've already told you our website. I want to tell you we're always broadcasting on the third Thursday at three here on Business Radio X. You can find us anywhere on any social media or, or podcast channel. Just look up How's Your Represence on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play. We're on all of them. And, uh, and I'm always thrilled to, to join you here on, on Business Radio X. Please join us on our website at epresence.me. That's epresence.me because it's all about you. Until next time, for my guest, this is Mark Galvin, and this has been How's Your Represence on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.